Alright guys, welcome back to Soaring Highs and Crushing Lows, episode 22. Now, this is the second attempt at doing this episode. Uh, I was 10 minutes into the first attempt and I was wheeling and dealing. And, uh, you know, the computer died. Plus, like I said, embarrassingly enough, we're doing these episodes in my parents' basement. I don't know what they don't understand about quiet on set. Uh, they're walking around upstairs. It sounds like a goddamn rhinoceros is walking around up there. I don't know what's going on. I've asked for their patience. I said, please, quiet on set. We got so, a lot going on. You know, we have a lot going on. Um, let's just dive right into it here. I'm sure by now, if you live in the area, you've heard about Danella Canella. Danella Canella is the escaped prisoner from Chester County. He was on the run for 14 days. 14 days they couldn't get old Danella. Now, Danella Canella is 34 years old and he's from Brazil. Now let me give you a little backstory real quick. The year was 1989. I'm sorry. The year was 1993. We were in Brazil and young Danella Canella and his sisters were playing a game of hide and seek. And the game starts and Danella goes off and hides. You know, five minutes goes by, they can't find Danella. Ten minutes goes by, where is Danella? They can't find Danella Canella. Now, it's been 45 minutes. Okay, Danello, come out. Danello, come on out. They can't find him, okay? This went on for six months. And at that point, they said, well, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. This guy is a prodigy. Our baby brother is the greatest hide-and-seek player in, 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 in the whole country of Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro. And one day... He's going to grow up to be the world's greatest fugitive. He's going to uh, mirror John Rambo. These are the comparisons that Danello Canella was getting at a young age. Now, fast forward to 2022, Danello Canello, things got a little rough for him, and, you know, he stabbed his girlfriend 38 times and killed her in front of her children. Now, that doesn't sound like the sweet little Danella Canella we knew from Brazil back in 1993. Oh, no. This man is a nuisance. He is a violent, vicious midget. I don't know if I brought that up yet. He's a midget. He's five feet tall, and he's a violent, violent criminal. So somehow he comes to America, which is what you do, by the way, if you live in South America. You come here. And no one stops you, and you just come here. It's what you do. So Danella Canella commits this vicious murder. And he gets a fair trial, and they sentence him to death. Uh, no, well, I'm sorry, that's what happens when I'm president. I sentence everyone to death. But they sentence him to life in prison, so they sent him to Chester County Jail. He gets to Chester County Jail, and someone says, Hey, Danella Canella, you know, if you have Spider-Man-like tendencies, you can climb out this bitch. You can just climb right up that crab walk up there, get on the roof. That's what, Here's the thing. Danella Canella crab walks. To the roof. Now what? Have you been to a prison? Okay. Have you driven by one? There's like 10 fences. How does he get off the roof? How does he get... I don't understand. They're showing us the crab walk thing. Great. Great. He's a gymnastic. He's Spider-Man. He's a freak. We understand that. How does he get out of the prison yard? Okay. Forget about climbing on the roof. I've seen people... You know, climb to the top of schoolyards, chimneys. That doesn't impress me. I need to know how he got out of the prison yard. You know, we have people in this country who are still trapped in 
uh, the escape room. You know, they went to the escape room for their work party. Um, they went to the escape room for their holiday work party, and they still haven't come out. They don't know where they are. Meanwhile, we have prisoners that are able to get out of prisons, okay? And Doug from accounting can't get out of the escape room. So, now Danella Canella is on the run. First thing he does when he gets out of prison, and this is admirable, he gets a Modella. First thing he does, I gotta get a Modella. So he gets a Modella, he's cruising down the street. I tell you what, man. This guy didn't get far. He was in like a five-mile radius. They could not catch him. They couldn't catch him. Danella Canella's sister, who I was telling you about earlier, played hide-and-seek with him back in Brazil. She got deported. You know, she was aiding and abetting a criminal, and she got deported. And, you know, that's what happens. Um, but, yeah, Danella Canella's sister, she says, oh, no, 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 my Danella... He was the best hide-and-seek player ever. And uh, so now Danella's out in the woods. He's out in the woods like John Rambo. They, they cannot catch this guy. Here's the thing. I would have probably said, hmm, hmm. We're checking Longwood Gardens. We can't find him. You know why? Danello Canella was up in the trees, okay? He was up in those trees like the kid from the Jungle Book, okay? He was up in the trees uh, laying down the trees, they couldn't find him. That's where he was. I mean, I, I can't wait. We have. I'll get to this in a second, but we need a Danello Canelo documentary. But how I stop this problem is people that are violent offenders, and I'm talking about vicious offenders like Danello Canelo. I, I, you know, after a fair trial, I take them out back and I shoot them like they shot Barbaro, the horse with the broken leg. You know, I take him out back. Oh, first, I'm humane. I'm humane. I'm humane. I would say, hey, Danello, what do you want as your last meal? And I'd get him his last meal. You know, why not? We'll get him his last meal, and then we just take him out back and kill him like the pig that he is. So that's how we avoid this. And the sidetrack here, there's a story down in Florida about the Parkland shooting where this guy, Nicholas Cruz, he killed 27 students and teachers, and he just butchered them. And for no reason. No reason. Um, and he was caught. And this trial's been going on for years. Okay, you're torturing the family for this freak. And then he gets to show up to court. I was livid when I was down in Florida. This this asshole, Nicholas Cruz, he shows up to court in this, like, how do you describe it? He, he basically looked, he wanted to look like a serial killer. He wanted to look crazy. He had these big, thick glasses on. He walked in hunched over. Fuck him. Okay, kill him. Take him at back and kill him. Thou shalt not kill, fuck you. We're changing that around. All right, God, we had enough. We're breaking your commandment because we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to keep these people alive. Now, I'm not talking about every criminal, okay? I'm not even talking about someone that kills someone. You know, someone kills someone in, in, in the heat of the moment. You know, we, we, we put him in jail. We do some things, but I... That's a different story. When you stab your girlfriend 38 times in front of her children, sorry, dude, no reform for you. Let's go out back. First, we'll give you Taco Bell and Bodella, but then <laughs> we're going to kill you. And that's how you need to handle this. So anyway, back to Danella Canella. He's on the run, and they can't get him. Mm, he's in backyards. People are seeing him on surveillance cameras. He's doing his thing. 
14 days, they can't catch this guy. Now, Danilo Canelo's previous record was six, six months when he was in Brazil in 1993 when he played hide-and-seek with his sisters. But this was, this was different, Danilo Canelo. So they catch him today. And basically the entire fucking state troopers had to go catch him, okay? They had everybody. They had tanks, they had guns, they had dogs, they had thermal heating. I mean, this is one little midget from Brazil. And they finally get him today. And here's, this is what bothers me. They catch Danello. And these state troopers are all jacked up. They're all jacked up. There's 70 of them. 70 of them. They get Danella. They drag his ass out. He's bleeding from his head. I have no sympathy for Danella Canella. But uh, then they grab him and they're like, hey, hey, Danella. Um, yeah, I know that you slaughtered your girlfriend and you're a violent son of a bitch. But do you mind taking a picture with us? Danella? Do you mind getting a picture with us? What was up with that? They take Danella Canella and they bring him back. They're all standing there. They're standing there as if they caught Bin Laden. I mean, these guys took a picture with Danella Canella as if he was a 60-foot flounder that they caught in the Atlantic on a fishing cruise. You know, I, I just don't know if that was appropriate. I think it's weird. And here's where I might lose some listeners. I'm very pro, I'm very pro police. We back the blue 100%. Have you seen this city? We need more police, okay? In fact, we need the military. We need the military to come in. If that's how much I believe in the police, um, and this is probably... You know, you got to be careful what I say here, but state troopers, are they, are, are, are they kind of dicks? You know, state troopers, they're kind of dicks. I mean, every experience I've had with a state trooper, they're not the friendliest guys. Um, there was a state trooper in Jersey who pulled me over once, and uh, thank God I wasn't drinking. I mean, thank God. But I may or may not have had a dozen the night before. He pulled me over, and he, I'm telling you, this guy put me through a gauntlet. And then I blew in our breathalyzer, blew a .02. He goes, uh-uh, I want to get another one here. So I had to wait for another breathalyzer. I'm like, hey, dude, hey, dude, don't you have better things to do? We just passed the field sobriety test. I just blew a .02. Why do we have to wait for your sergeant to get here? I mean, they fuck with people. I just feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm asking is state troopers, I get they're on the highway patrol, but do, do they just... Do they just uh, write tickets? I mean, I never see them out. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just my opinion that dealing with state troopers, a lot of them are assholes. They're very strict. They're very intimidating. Like I said, we back the blue 100%. Uh, a lot of my friends are cops, my brother's a cop. I, I'm just saying, I'm asking, are state troopers dicks? And the picture that they took today, I think they're I think they're kind of strappers. I think they're strap jobs. I think that state troopers are probably the least fun group of people ever. I, I, there's no way they're fun people. That being said, you know, they did their job. They got Canella Danella off the street. Someone asked me, what would you do if Danella Canella was in your backyard? I said, Danella Canella? You mean that five-foot midget from Brazil? Well, I'd probably pick him up and put him on a shelf. That's what I would have done with him. And also, here's the other thing. Danella Canella, he escaped from prison. He sp he crab walks up the wall. He gets out of there, okay? The prison guard was asleep, whatever. I mean, come on, dude. These guys are making $40,000 a year, which brings me to my next point. How do we stop these prison escapees? Well, here, here's what we do. Every branch of the military, Marines, Army, Navy, when these guys come back, when they're done their 
I don't know, done their t tour of duty. We give them these jobs at prison guards, but we give them a job, $80,000. $80,000 with benefits, and they protect the prisons. Now, you have all these military guys that, that some of them have uh, struggle finding jobs, finding uh, meaning when they come back from work. I think, here you go. Hey, we're going to take, we're going to give you a good salary, good benefits. You got to be a prison guard. I, I would, the military is the best. Those guys are the best of the best. Okay? We don't want Joe from down the block to be the prison guard. We want guys that were in, 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 the, in the military. Um, I think they would do a great job, and I think we take care of them. I think that we give them. Uh, I think eighty thousand is a good salary. I mean, that's that's I would be that's what I'm going to do when I'm in office. So, long story short, to wrap it up here, two things that I'll do when I'm elected: bring back the death penalty, a vote for a vote, and make the military control the prisons. I don't know. Are they bad ideas? I don't think so. Now let's move on. Danella Canella, you know, dude, you should have. You know what? You should have killed yourself. Realistically, dude, now you're just stuck in a cell and you had your chance. Had your chance. Now we got to give this asshole three meals at a cot. Okay, so it all worked out for him in the end. I don't know why we're not killing him, but I digress. Let's move on here. Back to what uh, NFL started this week, and uh, I'm crushed. I'm crushed. I watched every episode of Hard Knocks. I was in. Lo I love Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I love Aaron Rodgers. And Monday night, I bet the Jets every which way. Uh, every which way, money line minus two, first half, first you know, all over it. And Aaron Rodgers goes down on the fourth play of the game. I mean, what what did the New York Jets fans do to deserve this? I can't. I can't. That is like, that was so gut-wrenching. Whitney Houston has a song, uh, Didn't We Almost Have It All? And that's how I feel. Aaron, we, we could have had it all. And it's just, they ripped it apart. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. Broken dreams. I guess the only really thing you could say about that is crushing lows. I feel bad for the Jets fans. I mean, my God. My God. Decades. Decades, you wait for something like this to come, and you struggle, and every every year you suck, and you just go through turmoil, and you finally get your knight in shining armor, and he tears his Achilles on the fourth play. I mean, come on. That is just cruel and unusual. And I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, love him, but even if you're not a Rodgers fan, you, you have to feel bad for the Jets. I mean, don't you want the NFL to be competitive? But long story short, the Jets went on to win that game, and I'm having a great year gambling. And you might say, what's going on? I thought you were Frankie the Mush. Well, that's who I used to be. But now, here's what happened. I'm at the beer store two weeks ago, okay? And I hand the guy, I don't know, $30, and my change is 55 cents. So, this man does not give me two quarters and a nickel. Oh, no, no, no. He gives me a half dollar and a nickel. A JFK half dollar. I said, hmm, that's interesting. When you get a half dollar, or if you get um, a two dollar bill, you say to yourself, hmm, that's interesting. It's, it's not normal. So, since I got that coin, okay, I don't know how to explain this to you, but I just can't lose. I mean, 
I'm making like close to $600 a week gambling. This is fantastic. I hope this goes on forever. Um, people say out there, what's the secret to happiness? What's the secret to happiness? And people struggle to find that their entire lives. I think I found it. Winning sports bets. Winning sports bets might in fact be the secret to happiness. I, I can't sit here and tell you that it's not. Because I'm happier than a pig in shit. I mean, I am happier than a pig in shit lately. And that's because I'm, I'm winning bets left and right. So shout out John F. Kennedy half dollar. You know, that's all it took was getting a half dollar. I don't know how you can uh, get one of them, but that's just the way it is. All right, speaking of football season, I was I was bartending on Sunday down in Fishtown, the Interstate Draft House, by the way. If you haven't come out, great spot, great food, great bartender. I just got a bone to pick with some people. You know, you come out to the Eagles game, and the bar's packed, and you see this. Why are you ordering? complicated drinks you know why are you ordering complicated drinks just get a beer just get a mixed drink just get a seltzer I, I don't have time to make a frozen daiquiri in the middle of the Eagles game at a packed bar don't you understand don't you have a clue um, I appreciate you know all the customers that come out they've been tipping very well that's not the point of this rant I'm just saying get a clue get a clue when you're at a crowded bar. Don't be asking the bartender for some crazy shit. Just get a normal thing. I mean, it reminds me of my days bartending at the old Lumpy McGee's. These people will be like, can I get an orange Starburst? Uh, can I get one orange Starburst, one grape Gatorade, and, 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 and one green tea? You know what? You can go fuck yourself. You can go fuck yourself. Do you know the turmoil that you're putting that bartender through? Oh, sure. Let me go look up what the fuck a orange starburst is and a purple Gatorade. I mean, come on. Alcohol, we're having, we're, we're, this is getting out of control. We get, you're not supposed to do a shot and be like, ooh, that tasted like a Reese's Pieces. No. You do the shot and you make the, <gasps> you're supposed to make that face and you do a shot. It's supposed to shock the system. You take the shot, boom. You're not supposed to take the shot and go, mmm, that was tasty. That wasn't the point of alcohol, okay? I mean, I, I don't get people that are like making these delicious alcohol drinks. Like, what's the point? I'm drinking to get drunk. I'm drinking to get drunk and forget my problems. I ain't drinking to say, hmm, that tasted like a strawberry shortcake. Fuck no. We're drinking to forget our problems. I think people forgot that. That's the point of alcohol. You know, it isn't to, for you to get a licorice taste in your mouth. Um, overall, good spot, though. I'm just a little rant from the bartender's corner. I'm sure if anyone listening right now that ever bartended, they can concur. All right, let's get into uh, the next section of the podcast here. I want to talk about cognitive exams. Now, when you're going for a job these days, I'm still looking for a job and applying for jobs, and when you were in high school, they told you the most important test is the SATs, okay? They said the most important test for you, for your future, is the SATs. I'm here to tell you that is a lie, okay? It's a lie. The most important test that you'll take is these bullshit, that's what they are, bullshit cognitive exams. 
I can't get a break. I'm going in for jobs to sell bathroom tiles, and they're asking me, uh, a circle is to a square as a rectangle is to a what? I don't fucking know. They're, they're giving you number sequences. Uh, Susan has seven red bananas. I'm sorry. Susan has seven red peppers. And Jim has four green peppers. Um, how many uh, peppers are there? Shut the fuck up. What, what, is this, what does this have to do with anything? They call them cognitive exams. They call them wanderluck tests. So, this one job I was supposed to get, I failed the wanderluck test, okay? I was excited about this job. I thought I was going to get the job. Quite frankly, I thought I would have been very good at the job. I didn't get the job because I failed the cognitive exam. Now, here's what troubles me. The President of the United States is nowhere near close to being cognitive. The Senator, the, the fucking Senator from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, he freezes up on camera. They're like, uh, Senator, uh, what do you think about, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, health insurance? He goes, well, the thing about health insurance... And he freezes up. He doesn't answer. Um, hey, uh, Senator, what are, you, what are your plans to uh, reduce crime in this country? <gasps> he freezes up. And he gets to keep his job. I wanted to sell bathroom tiles, okay? And they said, uh-uh, uh-uh, no way. You're not cognitive enough. So I hate to say this, guys. There's really only one job left for me, okay? That's being a politician. I would be the greatest politician. Are there skeletons in my closet? Oh, yes, there are. There's more skeletons in that closet than a closet at Party City in October. But I can't get a job selling bathrooms because I'm not cognitive enough. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm pretty sure I'm cognitive. But here's the deal. You don't have to be cognitive to be a politician. The one politician, Diane Feinstein, she's dead. She's actually dead. And she's still making uh, decisions. How's that possible? I don't know. Um, I've been told not to talk politics on the show, but it's just, come on. The culture we're living in, these people are insane. Now, look, I, I made fun of a Republican right there. I, I, the Republicans are sons of bitches, too. Not a big fan of them, either, quite frankly. Not a big fan of them, either. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's a freaking lunatic. Um, I just can't believe that I can't get a job because I'm not cognitive enough. And then the president can't even speak. Uh, we'll do one more thing in politics real quick. Uh, John Fetterman is my hero. John Fetterman's my hero. He, they said, hey, uh, Senator, what do you think about President Biden possibly getting impeached? He said, ooh, ooh, I'm really scared, ooh. Now that is awesome. Because here's why that's awesome. John Fetterman basically said by that reaction, fuck you. Fuck you. You can't do anything to me. Do you know who I am? I'm the Senator of Pennsylvania. I make the rules. You're a schmuck. Go back to your office and write a paper. I don't care. You know, that's pretty much the attitude of Fetterman, and I love that. I mean, I just love that. Um, you know, we're out here. We're, we're struggling. We're trying to make ends meet. Fetterman's just like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. And that I, uh, I get a kick out of. I mean, it's, it's fun for me. All right. Also... Keep on your schedule. October 21st is Comedy Night at the Ron Pub. Soaring Highs and Crushing Lows presents Comedy Night live at the Ron Pub. I'm going to be doing a 20-minute set. 
We also are going to have Mike Shackleton and Jimmy V playing afterwards. That's going to be a good time. Um, I have another podcast coming out this week. I just wanted to get on here and do a, an episode about my boy, Danello Canelo. And a lot of people are saying, hey, like you know his name's not Danello Canelo, right? I, said, I don't give a shit. To me, he's the Brazilian midget murderer. I'm not saying his name right on purpose, Danello Canelo. But that's the end of him. And, uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to do another episode. And that's it for episode 22 of Soaring Highs and Crushing Lows.